Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome to the November 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Jenaline Law. We're talking about algorithm for free perforator flap selection in lower extremity reconstruction based on 563 cases. This is by JP Hong's team out of Korea and published in the uh, November 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. So, uh, Jen, what was this paper about in a nutshell? So this paper was to help the reader um, select a free perforator flap um, when it comes to low extremity reconstruction and they have devised an algorithm based on their uh, extensive experience over seven years. Now, why were they specifically looking at perforator flaps? Um, can you give us a bit of background as to what traditional teaching is in terms of lower limb reconstruction? Sure. So with the advances uh, in microsurgery, free flaps are now considered the standard of care in many places for lower limb reconstruction. Comparing fasciocutaneous flaps to muscle flaps, fasciocutaneous flaps often do not require a skin graft. Um, they have a simple re-elevation method. Um, and then comparing perforator uh, flaps uh, versus traditional fasciocutaneous flaps, they again have minimal donor site morbidity, often the fascia is left intact um, and that prevents muscle herniation. Um, the perforator flaps are often thinner, more pliable and better contoured to the defect. Okay, so tell us about the series uh, which they report in this study. So this was a very large series of 552 patients undergoing 563 flap reconstructions. And um, in this series, um, the most common flaps were skip flaps, accounting for 51%, and ALT flaps, accounting for 33%. Um, the thing that's most striking about this series is that there's a very high overall success rate of 96.2%, um, with only 22 total flap losses and 23 partial flap losses. And um, what's interesting is that the authors have elevated these flaps uh, in a superficial plane in 93%. And um, they have come up with a whole series of factors that help them decide how to choose the right perforator flap. So what are the main factors and what, which flaps are associated with, uh, with which particular characteristics? So they've decided that with perforator flaps that uh, five criteria need to be assessed. Uh, number one is patient position um, because they want to avoid an intraoperative position change. The defect size as well, um, what's missing, as well as the flap thickness, the flap composition and the pedicle length required. Okay, so what were the main flaps which they did? They mainly did uh, skip flaps. Um, accounted okay. for 51% and ALT um, 33% and that reflects their change in practice from about 2007-2008 where they went from ALTs to uh, skips. Okay look this is a very extensive experience with perforated flaps from an expert group. Um, what did you take away from this paper? What were the main main things you liked about it? I like that it was a very large series um, from a very experienced centre um, with significant experience in microsurgery. Um, I thought the algorithm was quite practical. Um, they even included um, avoiding intraoperative position change. It was quite an intuitive algorithm as well. Um, and I like that it considered the flap success as well as how to maximise the aesthetic outcome for the patient and how to minimise the donor site morbidity, which to me felt quite holistic. Were there any concerns you had about this paper? 
I guess the main thing that strikes me is its applicability to a Western population where our patients have a larger body habitus. Um, I'm also mindful that the algorithm reflects um, the surgeon's preference, practice and experience um, and that there's a steep learning curve associated with um, utilising perforator flaps that may not be um, that may not apply for like a standard plastic surgeon doing lower limb reconstruction. Okay. Anything else you'd like to say about the paper? Um, I think it would be interesting if the authors would um, consider in future papers to assess the aesthetic outcomes and the functional outcomes of their lower limb reconstruction patients. Yeah. And obviously that brings up a whole range of difficulty. You need to get the patients to come back. You need to have some sort of standardised panel. Yeah. Uh, do you want flaps which are good... Uh, which uh, surgeons think are attractive or friends think are attractive mm. or members of the public think are attractive or the patient thinks are attractive. Sure. But certainly patient-reported outcome measures could be something that they could look, yes. uh, look at in the future. Mm -hmm. But that was an excellent summary. Jen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search plastic surgery journals remember to like us on facebook and follow us on twitter thanks also to the prs journal team for their ongoing support